Welcome back, Cal and listeners. This is Methodical Millions, Episode 9. So I've been thinking about this for the last while. Cal, how do you handle the idea of discipline and why is something like that important to you? Discipline is a very tricky topic in the sense that even if one would think that they are disciplined and believe so, it really comes down to emotion. So not just investing just in anything in life. We have this idea of trying to get to a certain goal and trying to achieve it. And in the process, we have this clear image of getting to our destination or to our target. And even though there might be bumps, we don't think of exactly how challenging it would be. So it's the journey to get to that destination that really would put you to the test in a way that makes you feel, are you really giving up? Are you committed enough? Do you stick to the rules that you set to yourself? Do you learn from the lessons that you encounter? So it's a very difficult topic. And with me, myself, and some investments that I've made, there are times that I stuck to my guns and did what I planned on doing from the get-go. So those always worked out well, but there are times that I went against what I planned. And just because I didn't want to lose, or I felt like I might be missing out on some extra profits, and then end up getting hurt from it. So basically, it's a very tricky situation, and it's emotionally driven how much you can commit to the discipline here. Yeah, I find the topic fascinating as well, because you don't see the benefits right away. So when you learn about discipline, it's always something that you will be rewarded with in the future. The benefits aren't a one-for-one ratio of I'm going to spend a dollar and I'll get something back. It's not material. It's like building good habits, right? So how I see it would be to have a strong focus on goals, like you said, and to understand the importance of those goals and not to fall off the wagon as the saying goes. So you want to have an idea of what it is you want to achieve, what's the main objective, and write it down Put it in your task app, put it in a calendar app, but it has to be set in stone somewhere you'll go back to it and that you'll you'll stay on track. So that's definitely part of it, right? Do you have a good example, Cal, of where discipline has helped you in your life or have you seen elsewhere? Yes. Actually, as you were talking about that, that's exactly what I had in mind. During my weight loss journey, there'd be many, many times where at the beginning of my weight loss, when I finally started seeing some results, I still didn't get to my final goal, but people were noticing that I'm losing some weight and getting in better shape. And then that's when a lot of friends and family start saying, why don't you have a bit of this in terms of food or sweets or whatever the case might be? You know, you're getting in shape now, so this one wouldn't hurt. And the funny thing is that everywhere I go, almost on a daily basis, someone would say that to me. So if I listened to them, I would gain it all back. I would undo all the work that I've done. And they all think that it's really down to you. You weren't disciplined enough. From their point of view, they said, it can't be the muffin that we offered you or this piece of cake or this big meal that we said we'll have together. So they don't think it's that one thing that really tipped him over. They would think that he wasn't disciplined enough. It's down to me to decide that I should say no to all of them because rules are rules, right? So 
when people don't see me eat, so they think, oh, I'm starving myself. No, I'm not starving myself. I have an eating window. I know what to eat, when to eat, how much of it do I eat. And I also treat myself, but under certain criteria. So it takes discipline. And again, it took all my life to really realize that. And I knew that, obviously, but I never really was committed enough until recently. So I would give discipline the reason for my weight loss, the commitment, the struggle. None of what I've done would have shown any results if I wasn't disciplined enough. None of it would have mattered. What about you? That's very powerful. I didn't have the exact same journey as you, but being in the car business, the idea of having a bad diet is quite common, I find. So you're almost fighting uphill or against the grain, against the tide in that industry. So I remember it's usually around Christmas or it could be Halloween, any kind of festive holiday where chocolate is in abundance and everywhere you turn, someone's got something. And it's funny when you said, oh, this won't hurt you because how many times am I thinking of hearing that and I'll indulge, I'll grab one or two and I know as soon as I have that first one, like I heard that saying, someone has to look this up, but I heard that sugar is more addictive than heroin, like eight times or seven times more. And I didn't actually believe, not that I've tried the latter, but I didn't believe how powerful it was until I went on a sugar fast. And when you cut it out, and I mean, of course, one may argue that it's in small portions elsewhere, but I'm talking sodas, I'm talking sugar iced teas, when you cut these items out and you get over that hump of the withdrawal or normalizing yourself again, when you try one, your mind and your body says, wow, that's amazing. I want more. But you crave more and more and more. And without any form of discipline, I know personally, I'm susceptible to getting that and then craving and then making it part of my routine. And that small decision really kind of changes your trajectory. It will really push you into a track that you might not want to go. And you don't have to beat yourself up over it. But without that awareness of how much of an impact that moment in time will have on your life, if you keep going and going, and if you don't control those habits or see it for what it is and saying maybe, okay, I don't need that extra chocolate, or seeing how destructive it could be, it has a huge impact on your mental health, how you feel, what you think is possible. Food is a big driver of one's wellness. And I'm very, very far from the expert or a nutritionist, but it has a huge impact. So related to discipline, that's the great example. Sugar, I think, is great because it's everywhere. It's in all sorts of fast food, takeout, restaurants. And again, I'm the culprit because I was a huge skip the dishes guy. I'm like the easy target for this kind of stuff. So going back maybe a couple years, I've tried to be a little bit more healthy. I only drink water and tea. I've tried a bit of intermittent fasting, which I find really, really cool. Good for things like mental clarity but I can't really talk much beyond that because I didn't do extensive research on it, but it's a huge factor. Saying I want to at least pay attention, I think is step one because without knowing 
something is wrong or something is off. And I don't mean it in a bad way. All I'm saying is, you know what? Maybe there is more to this. I want to change something about myself. I want to see if there's a different path I could take. And Cal, like you were saying, this correlates to anything in life. Really, there are parallels that you can use in becoming a pro athlete and becoming a race car driver like you were doing for fun and becoming great. Like greatness does not, how do I say it? You know what? Greatness is not casual. It is not something that falls in your lap. It comes day after day and night after night of realizing there's a higher purpose. And I would argue we give that to ourselves in life and that's the ultimate fulfillment. But discipline, we bathe in that. If you want to do well in life, you have to be surrounding yourself in that. And I really believe awareness is step one. Yeah, it's a good thing you bring that up because I remember hearing from a movie the difference between a gold medalist at the Olympics and a silver medalist is that one of them decided for one night during all these years to hang out with friends. And that one night could have been the difference for the gold medalist. That one night could have been that night that they achieved a certain milestone or a certain checkpoint or they achieved a certain step that put them ahead until that point. So that's discipline. Like you said, it applies to absolutely everything. I love the way you say it. Greatness is not a casual thing. So even for me, like I have a soft spot for muffins, right? So I really enjoy muffins. So for me, there were times during my weight loss journey, some would offer me a muffin, right? So I would turn it down. And even though they would be right that if I'm disciplined enough, I can have that muffin with them and then not have anything after that. And that would not mean anything bad because I, I do agree that you need to treat yourself with now and then. But during that time, I was not just losing weight. I was teaching myself to stick to the rules. It was beyond the actual muffin. It was the lesson behind the muffin that I was trying to teach myself. And this goes with everything. Now, I know we focus a lot about self-growth and investing and improving one's life financially, emotionally, personally, professionally, everything. So that discipline really with no exaggeration has taught me that if I stick to my guns, I could get to wherever I want. Sounds like a cliche, but it's so true and it's so powerful. And I think the difference between making it or not is discipline. It's simple as that. That's really, really good. You know what? I also call it having conviction in life. And if I think back in my late teens, early 20s, when I was kind of finding my direction, you have so many people around you saying, this is the right path. You have to do it this way. They look at you as if you're crazy for even thinking something different, right? And what I remember seeing was, Everyone thinks they're right and they don't really gauge the consequences of their decisions if you run with them. So whether it's maybe you sacrifice your happiness, maybe you don't feel fulfilled, maybe you're just not quite right inside, you're kind of questioning, well, this is not exactly the career path I want. I don't feel right. So when you don't have the direction you want to go in, A, that's okay. And B, I really believe the best things in life come from a gut feeling. They don't come from this like profound statement. You have to kind of just go on an inkling of, okay, you know what? I know I want to change or I feel there's something more to this or I really want to 
start this hobby. It could be a form of expression. It could just make you feel good. It could have a higher purpose for you. Maybe it's like a personal goal, but lean into that. Don't worry about the outside world. If you have the luxury of time to do one of these things or even think about it, don't wrestle it. Don't turn it off. Don't drown it out. Follow it, right? And what I find that when you swim in this kind of discovery process of, well, maybe I want to try something or I want to see where it goes, that is where you start to build a belief system. That is where you start to build conviction about what you believe in, what's important to you. And the discipline almost becomes natural at that point. You build this foundation. Other people will seem crazy to you for not believing what you believe in. You'll have such a strong mindset and power and belief about the things you do. People will look up to that. They will be drawn to it. They will stand in awe and say, wow, you really know your stuff or you know what? You seem really passionate about that. And you can't just go down to the convenience store and buy that. It comes over time. So discipline is wrapped up in that and having that belief or that drive. I'd argue that it's all kind of wrapped together, but that kind of stuff is really, really cool and really powerful. Once you get in that moment, some people call it being in the zone or being really focused I would argue that it's a fundamental part of you and that's what drives us. Yeah, wonderful. And makes me think, as the saying goes, if there's a will, there's a way. What I believe is the difference of you getting to the way or not is if you're disciplined. I think the journey is being disciplined between the will and the way, right? So if you want to get to somewhere, you can. If you have the will for it, you can. But to get to it, you have to be disciplined. So it's incredibly important. And what really the difference of you or of one being disciplined or not is, again, in my opinion, is emotion. You feel that you might fall victim to FOMO, to vulnerability. You might think that, you know what, I haven't eaten a muffin in three months. What's the worst that can happen if I have one right now? If you fall for your cravings and you actually indulge in a muffin, that's not really a big deal in itself. But you think of it and tell yourself that this is it, I need to go back. And that was great. I needed that just to re-energize and I can run another few weeks or months without any dessert, right? Because I'm in this phase, I, I shouldn't have any. And if you're disciplined enough, it becomes a habit. It becomes a lifestyle. It becomes, like you said, embedded in us. And you just do it because that's what you know. It becomes something that you can't live without. And that's the difference between people who make it and people who don't. Because it just becomes absolute dedication. And then it does not become a chore anymore. It becomes natural. So it is immensely powerful. But it's immensely difficult to master it. Those are good points. So I'll give you an example. So um, during the quarantine, I mean, you're not supposed to really go out much, but I would try and bike around, right? So I started biking around the block, would get really tired. And I really noticed how out of shape I was. But you start doing it two, three times a week, making it routine. What started to happen was 
you get more fit, more in the zone and you get used to it, right? You get used to where you're going. And I think a week and a half later, I ended up biking a marathon. It was like a five hour journey, a little bit stopping for breaks and you know, this and that, but I think the actual distance was maybe 44, 45 kilometers. And at the end of it, I was like, wow, you know what? I feel really accomplished. And at the time it seems crazy, but you do bit by bit. And I remember doing a bit of it a couple of days before where you go maybe a quarter of the way and you're kind of taking steps. You're building the blocks of these long distance goals. You can't do it day one. You have to do it bit by bit. But without that vision of the goal in the future and then tackling it at a bite-sized amount, I think most really arduous or ambitious projects do seem impossible. And that's kind of the human perspective, which is we do crazy things sometimes as people. And you have to have long-term vision, but very narrow and focused blinders on the small goals. So I think you got to differentiate between what's really important down the line and what's important today. But if you can go back and forth and keep yourself on track, I think that's the ultimate power. That's what really makes you move forward in life. And you're really in control that way. You really get to decide your own direction. So Cal, how do you like to handle the downtimes or when you feel like giving up or like you said, when emotion gets in the way, what do you do about that? For me, for example, again, with my weight loss is that there are times where I felt that I can't lose any more weight. It's kind of my performance has plateaued. I just look back and I feel like, is this it? Maybe I'm doing something wrong. And education is really key here. So if you understand the way your body works, it's not going to end up being a surprise for you. But looking back at what you've achieved to that point to get to that level can really help you give the boost to keep going. And same with, for example, investing. Like if you have one rough day or a rough run, you know, it's good to look back. And again, if you reflect on perhaps the positions you've taken before, but through the tracking you've done, as we discussed in previous episodes, that really shows you, you know, where you're successful. You know, you've done it before, you know, you've made it work and just reflect on what you're doing wrong. So sometimes it's completely out of your hands. Sometimes it's an element that you perhaps haven't done anything wrong, but it's always good to keep yourself motivated. And I think by going back to see your successes, just as a reminder that you can get there, you can do what you want to achieve. It might just take a bit more time. And usually we have a goal right in life. And usually that goal isn't easily achievable. Otherwise it wouldn't be even a goal, right? So let's say, again, whether it was wealth related or fitness related or career related or whatever the case might be, it's usually not easy to get there. Otherwise everyone would be getting there. So Let's say if it comes down to wealth, you wanted to have six-figure, seven-figure net worth to start with, and you find it very challenging at first. You want to 
pay all your debt and things like that. And you find it very, very difficult. You would know that the average person is not in that situation for a reason. It's not easy. So there are challenges that come along with it. And just to remind yourself that it's not easy, it's just part of the journey. Sometimes it works with me. With some others, it might not. But it's just reflecting back at the moments of success or reminding yourself why I wanted to do this in the first place can give you that boost, that motivation, re-energize your commitment and your drive towards reaching your goal. Well said. And I'm going to add to that by talking about something I believe is important. So I call it having mentors. But what I mean by that is it's not someone you look up to or has to be older than you. It could be someone younger. It could be someone you're like, you know what? That's nice. I love how they live. I love their perspective. I love their outlook on life. And what I mean by that is you resonate with their viewpoint, their belief system, what they find valuable, and you're kind of drawn back to being drawn towards things. When you seek that kind of stuff out, you become, I would argue, a better person. And there's another saying I'm going to bring up. It's like you're the average of your five closest friends. So whether you like it or not, you're going to draw from mannerisms, personality traits, or views and beliefs from whoever you hang out, right? So eventually, that kind of spills over back and forth amongst your core crew. So that's what I mean by be around good people. And by doing so, I find that's a great way towards discipline, towards wanting better and not getting stuck in a loop of everything is the same. Life won't change. Life is just either meaningless or not important. And I'd argue those two things are very dangerous. But if you can find that group of people, it could be online, it could be people you know, that you kind of really vibe with. And yeah, lean into that. Go for it. You're right. In the sense, like, even if you don't personally know, for example, someone who might be on the same page or on the same wave as you are, and you don't feel that you have people that are around you that are motivated enough to do what you want to do. You can find some people, like you said, online. You can find them somewhere else. Their communities, their conferences for whichever field you are in or you're interested in. And you can really try to get to know people. And there are people out there that if they see someone with that much drive trying to get to know people that are better than them or perhaps not necessarily better than them, I mean, in the sense that they've achieved more at that point that they can learn off of, they would more than willing to be that friend for you and that acquaintance, that mentor, if you like, to help you with your journey. And it's true, once I start focusing my life around people who are at the very least just as driven as I am, things have really, really changed. I mean, I haven't cut off the other people that are maybe have different ideas or different plans or different perspectives of life, but it just means that I try to focus the time that I have with the people that have similar goals and similar ambitions as I am purely because that's where I want to get to. And the moments that I'm down, they can lift me up. And the moments that they are down, I can lift them up. And we all work with each other there. And sometimes by not saying anything at all, just being around them is motivating enough. Just seeing them grow and like 
John and I, we know each other for a very long time now. And just sometimes hearing things in his life, I would say things that you do that would motivate me and just pushes me. And maybe you wouldn't know that maybe I'm having a down day or a rough moment or a rough patch, but seeing you do it, you know, good for him. I can do that too. We push each other and part of drive and discipline and having the right mentality towards it. And because I surround myself with those kind of people, that's what's pushing me. Whether they know that they're helping or not, it just helps you with the driving and improving yourself. That's awesome, man. Some good words there. I think we've made it quite clear on the value and importance of discipline and everything that relates to that. So to summarize, surround yourself with good people, be disciplined in your day-to-day and your long-term vision and look forward to the future, right? Back to bettering yourself. That's what's important. You're in control. So I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in today. That's Methodical Millions, Episode 9. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone. Going to have myself a muffin. <laughs>